what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. Greetings. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm the co-host director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. And I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who's dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how's it going? It's going great, Jeff. It's been a very busy month. Good month, but very busy. Well, you're, you're always a busy guy. Well, I guess we both are. Uh, and so that's a good thing. Of course, we're now worried about the hurricane, make sure we're not going to get blown away. That's right. Well, we're taping this uh, the first week of October, and, uh, uh, and what is this hurricane's name? Is it Hoakim? Ho- Joachim? 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 Uh, you know that pronunciation yeah. better than I do. Yeah, well. <laughs> Joaquin. Joaquin. Okay, thank you. So uh, hopefully uh, this won't be our last podcast. We won't be <laughs> washed right. away and underwater, but uh, we, we wish for the best. But on today's show... Good, good, exciting show. We've got a guest, uh, James Goey, who is the franchise owner of a Chick-fil-A franchise in South Hickory here in our area. Is going to join us and talk about the pros and cons of franchising. And we'll have our small businesses of the month. But uh, before we started, I wanted to talk a little bit about business plan competitions, because you and I are both involved with one right now. Right, we're, exactly. we're working with something called the Edison Competition which is sponsored by our local Chamber of Commerce. And uh, it's, it's uh, where people can present business plans. And uh, the winner actually gets $10,000, which is a nice chunk of change. But I guess my question, Gary, is thinking about these business plan competitions. There's some good things about them and some bad things about them. And in the, the, with the folks that you work with, has this been a, having them participate in these business plan competitions? Has this been a good thing for them to advance their business? Has it distracted them? And, you know, what should we be telling our listeners? Should they get involved with these things or be wary of them? Yes and yes. Yes and yes? It's, this has been a competition we've worked on for the last five years, and it's been very successful and helped people that have been involved in it. And I think it is a great competition because it makes people who have an idea and want to get into business really map out a strategy that they probably wouldn't have done without the competition. They might have just run in and said, hey, we're going to go start this business and not thought of all the, the pluses and minuses. So I think that's the big positive. So it makes them be more thorough and consider the, the, some of the hurdles they're going to have to get over and obstacles and plan, plan accordingly. Yeah, it helps them take the rose-colored glasses off. Mm-hmm. i got this great idea, and I'm going to make a bunch of money. And, and they may be able to do that, but then they find out, well, it's going to cost them some thousands of dollars that they might not have right away. And so that they really need to rethink about how they do it or how they would ramp up that business once they get started. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that's the good part. The is, is, is is there are there negative parts that you've seen out there and that the you know because I, sometimes I worry that people are chasing these competitions for the sake of chasing the competitions and and there are certainly some prizes that might be rewarded but but might it uh, become a distraction from actually get their business up and running? I think it is. I think also if they're looking at maybe start this business in the next year or two that these competitions get them excited and sometimes they get involved with folks that are really excited about helping them, but they're ready to move now, uh, whereas maybe our people that we're working with really are looking a year or two down the road and it it becomes a distraction and then they end up going trying to feed more than one uh, venture or master and that can get them in trouble. 
Yeah. And so we work closely, you and I, trying to make sure we find that balance for these people. Yeah, and and it's one of those questions that I don't think is necessarily there's one right answer to it. I think it depends on people's situation and that I do see I see advantages. You know, I think one of the big advantages is networking and, and getting introduced to people that can help you advance your business, whether that be investors or just people with business experience that might be able to connect you to uh, people that can provide assistance. Uh, but you know, it, it can become somewhat of a distraction. Uh, you know, I think people sometimes come into it just seeing the, the prize at the end, whether that be prize money or something. And, uh, and generally, there's only going to be one winner. And, and there are some positives that you will get just from participating in it. But I think you have to, you have to enter these things with uh, thinking of it in that way and not just thinking, if I, don't, if I don't win a big pot of money, this has been a waste of my time and, and get angry about it. Well, again, we, we talk a lot about that, trying to make sure people know when they get into these competitions. It's part of the process. It's not the end. Or if it is, then you're probably in it for the wrong reason. So, so there you have it. You know, we're, we've we've uh, blown the roof off of this one uh, as we do. It's sort of our <laughs> investigative journalism area of, uh, you know, business plan competitions. You should enter, but be careful and make sure it uh, helps Danger to advance your goal. Yeah. So anyway, so let's let's uh, move on because we've got uh, a guest with us, uh, James Goey, who uh, is the franchise owner of our local Chick-fil-A franchise uh, here in Hickory in Western North Carolina. James, welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange. Glad that you're with us today. Good morning. Thank you. We're excited you're with us. Thank you. And uh, I, I, I assume, not always good to assume, that most of our listeners out there are familiar with Chick-fil-A, but there there could be some people, vegetarians perhaps, that uh, might not be as familiar with uh, Chick-fil-A. So James, tell us tell us a little bit about Chick-fil-A, and, and, and we want to get into some of the pros and cons of franchising, but let's start by talking a little bit about who Chick-fil-A is and, and, and what's your experience been with them. Absolutely. So uh, Chick-fil-A is a uh, quick service, is what we call it, restaurant, uh, number one chicken chain in the uh, United States currently. Um, I think we took that title last year. Um, so, Would that, did that KFC group have it before you had yeah, it? Yeah, well, they that's, did. Well, that's pretty impressive. Yeah. So, uh, started in 1967 in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, we do have stores in 42 states. Um, but there is, you know, still a lot of people who haven't tried Chick Fil A, um, just because we are not in every state yet. 1,900 locations. Um, you know, we only grow about 100 stores a year, so we're cash basis, so we're a slow-growing franchise, um, unlike, you know, some of the bigger ones that open two, three stores. That's actually old. probably a very good financial model. <laughs> yeah, so it worked well for us. Um, so the corporation in uh, 2014 did about $6 billion in annual sales. Um, we estimate by 2020 we'll be a $10 billion company. So you look at the big sales growth, and you kind of say, well, where does that come from as a company? Um, mostly with the amount of stores we're open and locations we're open. We opened our first store in New York City, October 3rd, which mm-hmm. is a big deal. Um, there's not many businesses that don't try to get into New York City. Right. So this is our first, uh, really for the past t- 10 years or even probably 20 years, we followed the model of uh, wherever Walmart opens or Home Depot opens or Lowe's open, let them do the groundwork. We'll bat pad, pad site and we'll open a Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. That's changed. Um, so Chick-fil-A is trying to be real creative about what that looks like for doing our own land development, moving into urban areas. So really, 
you know, Chicago, um, L.A., um, New York City are the areas where you see a lot of growth um, through Chick-fil-A. So um, really that's kind of where we're at as a company. Um, we're on our 47th year of sales growth. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty impressive as a company. Mm-hmm. Like I said, debt-free. So, you know, we, I think well, it's cool. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. So, so now how long have you been a franchise owner or a franchisee of Chick-fil-A. How long have you been involved with Chick-fil-A? So I started at Chick-fil-A when I was 15 years old. So Well, you, know, you look like you're 21, but I suspect you're older than that. <laughs> yeah, so um, all my buddies worked there. So I, I got a job there and, you know, um, I really enjoyed it. It's it's a great, you know, I think working at a young age is a, a, it's a great opportunity, a great job to have. You learn a lot. Uh, went through college, you know, stuck with it. Um, I graduated college and wasn't really sure what I wanted to do. Um, didn't really, really know. So I went back to Chick-fil-A. I'd been a manager through college. So I went back and, um, kind of progressed and got into the corporate, corporate side of it for a little while. But, um, as a franchise owner, um, I've been there, I've been a franchise owner since 2008. So a little bit at eight years. Okay. So, okay. um, this is my third franchise that I've had here in Hickory. So we've been here for a year now, uh, 12 months and two days. Well, so, well happy, an, happy anniversary to you. Yeah, yeah. It's been, it's been a very busy year. So um, it's it's been great. Love Hickory. Um, love the area. Love, love the opportunity here. And love the franchise. My father owned his own business. Uh, my brother owned his own business. And, you know, there's a lot of you look at the role of entrepreneur of you know starting a business from scratch versus the franchising. I mean, that's probably what our listeners are, your listeners are, are thinking about, um, and that's what I looked at out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought I was going to go into computers with my dad as a family type business, but um, I I love Chick Fil A. I have um, there's just something that draws me to it. I love the model. I love what they stand for. Um, you know, the values align with mine. So I knew my father always said, "Well, if, if if you love what you do every day, then it's going to make work a lot easier. Um, so essentially, that's kind of how I got started on that route with the franchising of a Chick-fil-A. Um, I'd, like I said, I'd worked at Chick-fil-A for a while, so I knew the kind of ins and outs of what it took and how it works. So Chick-fil-A is a little different. Um, one of the pros of Chick-fil-A is the low startup fee. So mm-hmm. right now it's $10,000 for the franchise fee itself. Now with that, when you're if you're selected – then there's a $5,000 fee you pay for the location. Um, you get that back after you retire. Um, so essentially it costs you $10,000. Um, the difference is is um, the process. So about 60 to 65% of anybody who's works at or um, owns a franchise or works at the home office has worked at Chick-fil-A previously sometime. So mm-hmm. that's part of how we keep that culture piece. Um, feels like a small business, um, but you have over 1,900 locations because we understand who Chick-fil-A is, you know, the DNA of it. So so when Chick-fil-A is looking at, at opening new franchises, is that yeah, you, you talk about the fact that, that a lot of people have worked there before, as you have. Is that a requirement or is that just something that gets a lot of emphasis when they look at potential fr- – if they've got – Two two people that are interested in the same location, and you've worked there, and the other person is coming in and doesn't have this sort of experience. I suspect that's important to them. Yeah, and they have an internal and external process. So if you own a current franchise, you're considered an internal, mm-hmm. or if you're in one of their pipeline programs, you're an internal candidate mm-hmm. versus an external candidate. Um, so they do look at that when you're you know first in, um, franchise or whether it's you know a relocation. 
Um, so they do take that into account. I think a lot of it is just smart. They see that if you give people opportunity in in the restaurants or they give um, – I mean, that's essentially what it was for me. It was kind of an apprenticeship. Mm-hmm. You know, I I worked for the, the operator, the uh, Chick-fil-A franchisee that I worked for for, you know, the same one for years. And I knew that if I made her successful, I would have opportunity to be successful. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of that model that, you know, kind of produces that you know, pool of candidates. I mean, there's over 10,000 applicants a year well, and you look a at thousand yeah, or a hundred for a hundred stores. Me, yeah. And you know, they say that out of those 10,000, only 200 of them make it past either the written. So you do expression of interest, 10,000 people do that. Then you get application back, you know? So if I just send him Chick-fil-A and application say, Hey, I want to, I've got, um, you know, a million dollars. I want to buy three Chick-fil-A's and, you know, pay people to run them. You know, you're not even going to get an email back. Happen. So they, they essentially narrow down to 200, um, you know, candidates, and then they pretty much uh, – or, I'm sorry, 2,000, and that's where the really interviewing process starts. Um, and as far as, like you kind of said with, you know, it, it's they also look at does it make sense for this particular person to be in that restaurant because it's not a restaurant where it's hands-off. It's a sweat equity business where you're in the community, you're the business owner, mm-hmm. you know, you're the face of the business. Um, and that's just their model. So, so it's uh, I don't know. It's about eleven fifteen in the morning uh, where we are. I mean, you you got your hands on chicken already today, or, <laughs> yeah. will, or will you later? Yeah, I mean, so I, I was in this morning. Um, you know, we're really focusing on breakfast growth right now. So I went in and you know worked a little bit for breakfast. And um, I, I'm not in the business. You know, running register or you know flipping chicken as we call it in the back. Um, I don't have to because of the amount of time I've been there, the leadership I've developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I have three. But, but you can if you need to. A- absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never know. One thing I was always uh, I've learned from my father and from my mentors is, you know, take the good when the good times are here. You know, take it and, and enjoy it because you never know what your leadership's going to look like at the restaurant in six Things months. Happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if I've got the staff to cover it and I can afford to pay them. You know, then I'm I'm going to lighten my load and focus on other parts of the business because mm-hmm. there'll be a time that something happens. Yeah, that absolutely. So, um, can I ask a dumb question? Go go for it. Are, I'm good at. This. <laughs> are all 1900 franchised, or are there company owned? So there are some that are company owned. Okay. So it it might be that there's a transition. Mm-hmm. Somebody retired, um, or for whatever reason they don't have a franchisee for that store. And then they have what they call the um, business leadership program through Chick-fil-A and it's corporate-owned. And that, that's what I did before I was a franchise. I ran, ran corporate-owned stores. I did that for two years. So they send in a corporate manager to run the restaurant until a franchisee person is selected. They're not in the business of running franchises. Okay. They don't want that. But they also if – you, if, if, if you're transferring a new location the, um, and the operator's moving, so no matter what, there's a four-month transition there. So Chick-fil-A – takes that store under their um, – as, as a, a corporate store for four months no matter what. I was in the franchise business many years ago, and we always had a, a certain number of company-owned stores for that transition. Yeah. That's back when you were selling buggy whips, right? That's exactly right. Okay. Yeah. They don't make those things anymore. Yeah, okay. I, I would say less than – you know, there are probably no more than 50 stores, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably on the high side. Yeah. 
So, so when people are come to Gary or I talking about starting a business, you know, traditionally there there are really three ways you can look at it. You can start your own business from scratch, you, which for some people that's the right thing. You can buy an existing business that's already established to get in business, or you can or you can consider becoming a franchisee of an existing business where you're really buying into the the brand that they've developed, the processes that developed, the culture they've developed, which is is really what we're talking about today. And and thinking about it in terms of if I'm an entrepreneur and considering uh, becoming a franchisee, whether it be Chick-fil-A or or some other company, you mentioned startup fees, you mentioned a location fee. Are there other areas that typically a franchise, at least from your experience with Chick-fil-A, what are they going to be looking at in, in addition to those franchise fees, when they consider, is this person a good person to represent my franchise? You know, what's, what's your take on that one? Yeah, so essentially, I think most franchises have only been through one interview, but really it's a behavioral profile interview. I, I think that's pretty common because they want to know how you're going to make your decisions because ultimately it's, it's their name. You know, they're, you know they're, people are going to remember Chick-fil-A if, if somebody's in the newspaper, not the franchise. Not, not James, that right. crazy yeah. guy. Yeah, so, um, I mean, ultimately I think that's kind of what they're looking at. So they really look at – they Chick-fil-A kind of says um, – Past performance predicts future behavior, so they're really looking at um, at that. Um, you know, for Chick Fil A, essentially they they take us through a, a class and they kind of tell us, hey, you know, you have to learn how to protect the brand because ultimately that's what matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's what you're paying for. Sure. When you do that. Sure. Well, we have a great example of protecting the brand where where a franchisee can really devastate a brand's name, even if it was in Conover, North Carolina, right down the street. Where the Domino's franchisee, I don't know if you know that story, it was before you mm-hmm. got here, where the franchisee had some employees that did some disgusting things. With the food? With the food. Yeah. And put it on YouTube. Oh, yeah. And it was really tough for the Domino's folks. I used to use it in marketing class. The folks in California were impacted by this bad stuff that went on in Conover. And ultimately, actually, that franchise went under yeah. because they could never recover. Well, look at from the uh, image. Look at Jack in the Box. I mean, that's one of the case studies we did in college, where mm. the guy undercooked the, you know, killed the child, and then I mean, destroyed their company. To, yeah. They're still never recovered from it. So, yeah, I mean, whether it's you know something in the pub, you know, food wise, or whether it's something in the community, it just, you know, really essentially that's what that's what they're looking at. I mean, it's no different than any other interview, I guess, on the performance side. I mean, track records really what they look like. Um, look at. Um, you know, the character, competency, college, charisma, and credit are the C's that they kind of, you know, spit out. And then the op- uh, entrepreneurial spirit is really what they're looking for mm-hmm. in a person if, if they already don't have a business. I mean, I know some Chick-fil-A uh, franchisees that had businesses, successful businesses, mm-hmm. but they were tired of figuring out on Friday night if they're going to have money to pay somebody on the next Monday. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and that's one of the things with Chick-fil-A. It's turnkey. Um, you're paying for the brand. Lots of support. You know, low startup fee. Where on the other hand, you, you don't have equity. Um, so I guess that's the biggest difference between, you know, as people look into making a decision about Chick Fil A versus, you know, a, a starting a business from scratch is the equity part. Really, what do you want um, on that end? Because, I mean, I walk away from Chick Fil A when I retire, and the only thing I have is the money I put away, and you know, the legacy I left, I guess, with the, with my career. But, you know, essentially, I don't have a building to sell or right. or a business to sell at the end of it. 
but you also walk in the door and you don't have you're selling chicken. Other issues yeah. that you're worrying about when you start. Well, and I think that's different from some franchises in that that uh, some might have a higher fee to buy in, and you actually own the actual restaurant or franchise. And when when you're ready to sell it, you can. And if you sell it at a profit, so be it. That's you know a good business thing for you. But it doesn't sound like that necessarily works that way with Chick Fil A. Yeah, and I think Chick Fil A originally with what Truett Cathy did is he wanted to give the people an opportunity that might not – I shouldn't say might not have had it necessarily, but he wanted to give people an opportunity to own their own business, and a successful one, you know, very profitable. So it's not geared towards the person who has a million dollars, like I said, and wants to own two or three businesses. I mean if, if, if somebody wants – you know, you could probably make more money and have more equity in a different type of franchise because of the way they're modeled – um, I mean, Chick-fil-A is very stringent on their multi-units. I mean, you can't just buy – I mean, some places you, you buy the franchise fee and then you have to open five stores within five years or whatever. Mm-hmm. With Chick-fil-A, you have to be in your store for over five years before you can even talk to them about a second unit. Mm-hmm. There's still no guarantee. So um, it is a different model. I mean, they're really looking for that small business owner type model in a franchise. I mean, that's – they're looking for – I shouldn't use the word mom and pop because – you know, the average volume that we do is, you know, way over that. But, I mean, that's what Chick- makes Chick-fil-A successful. You know, my paycheck comes from that. I care what goes on that store day in and day out. Right. That's and, the key. Yeah, and, that, that, that's, and that's what Chick-fil-A understood. It's the, the reason we're so successful and we can grow like we have is because of the, uh, you know, what, what the franchise model that we have particularly. Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-hosts of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, Well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. So you mentioned you mentioned the franchise fee. You mentioned the location fee. You talked a little bit about the interview process, you know, and and, and certain certain behaviors, and you know, which some of that can be subjective. You know, you also mentioned credit score. Are there, are there other things that a franchise might look at? I mean, do they? You know, obviously, I think I think you you really said protecting the brand is sort of the key thing, and that you know, I assume. Uh, you know that that when when any franchise or, or any large company looks at uh, expanding through through franchises, they want to make sure they're working with someone that's going to uh, be able to sustain it and not uh, show up in six months and say, "By the way, I'm running short on money. I guess I'm closing." That's that's probably the worst thing that any of these franchises can hear. So, are there other other requirements that they might have, or 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 just typically from a franchise perspective that that uh, come to mind? Yeah, I think a lot of it is, is, I mean, we're a private-owned company. They ask you a lot of questions that most people couldn't get away with that. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I, and, they, and they warn you when you sit down and said, hey, we're a private-owned company. These questions, we're going to ask you, and, you know, literally there's nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, essentially. And, and they do that to let you know because, I mean, they want to know who they're in business with. They, right. they tell you, hey, this is a – I mean, I think it's a 98% retention rate is what Chick-fil-A has. Wow. I mean. I mean, I'm I'm not planning on leaving. I mean, <laughs> why would I? I mean, it's a you know, it's an incredible opportunity. So, um, imagine what the benefit is of the company at a ninety eight percent. Yeah, I mean, it's tension level exactly. So, their hardest problem is to figure out how we get better at selecting, like you know, people. I mean, it's not how do we get good people. It's how do we get better at you know, rate. How do we raise the bar? So. 
I, th- I think with really what it is is as you go through this process, there's so many contact points. So it's not just a, you know, two, three interviews, you're done. I mean, this sometimes takes two years. I mean, I worked for, the, for Chick-fil-A for, what, five or six years as a manager and then two years for the corporate office. And, you know, I, I still had to go into a, a lower volume, not a, I wouldn't call it a trainer store, but, you know, at 24 years old, they weren't going to hand me the keys to a, you know, $4 million business to say, right. here, have at it. I mean, you know, we, I started in a lower volume um, you know, it's like any other business. You know, well, that makes sense. Yeah, you, you you start a certain thing, you get certain accounts, and they give you more and more. And essentially, I started a smaller business, grew the business, showed them what I could do, ran it very profitable. You mm-hmm. know, and, and and essentially made them more money, made myself more money, and then went from a mall unit to a freestander. And then from that, I you know was able to move closer back to the area I wanted to live in. So it's not much different than the corporate world and that's where i guess a franchise differs from especially with chick-fil-a than entrepreneur you want a business and you want to live in hickory you just open a business there and that's where you live with chick-fil-a you don't get to pick where you want to be you know you go sit down in the interview and they say okay what region would you like to be in well i'd like to be in atlantic region well you probably want to think about either out west or north the northern region literally is the conversation they have because we don't open stores in the Atlantic region anymore. I mean, you know, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, those areas are just full. There's just Chick-fil-A every... You're saturated. Yeah. So, um, so I mean, essentially, it's that's another part of it. Okay, are you willing to go to California, run a franchise for, you know, however long, and mm-hmm. be willing to move your family out there with maybe a possibility coming back to Atlantic region or Florida or wherever you want to be if somebody retires, but there's no guarantee. So, you know, that sense, it's a lot different because you don't get to pick your location either. It seems like when you're buying a franchise, you're really you're you're they're, they're going to be very sensitive to the the processes and procedures that you use. And that if I go into a Chick Fil A here in Hickory, uh, I, I expect the, my food to taste the same as the Chick Fil A I I stopped in when I was in Atlanta. Uh, so, so are, do you have any flexibility? Do you want any flexibility? Not, not in terms of the way yeah. you pro- pro- cook the food, but just in terms of how you operate your business. You know, do, do you, do you, is, there, is everything pretty much by the book, or are there areas, whether it be marketing or getting the word out, where you've got some flexibility to do it to, to a local market? Yeah, so the food-wise, I mean, you want that to be consistent. I want to know that the guy in South Carolina happened to serve the same exact taste in chicken sandwiches myself. So, you know, you go through a, a class, Fundamentals of Restaurant Leadership, when you, you know, you have to finish the class before you sign the paperwork to be a franchise owner. Um, I think it's a 10-week class that you go through. Um, and then you go through training every quarter with either new product or the hero products we call, you know, the sweet tea, the Chick-fil-A, the fries. Um, so you, you go through. Those. Do you get to eat a lot of chicken during that class? <laughs> we do. We I do. bet you do. Which is actually a requirement to be a franchise. Well, owner, I mean, because you, I mean, you look like you're in pretty good physical shape. So I mean, you must exercise too, because it's it's very tasty chicken. Yeah, <laughs> very very good. It is. You know, uh, the um, president Dan of Chick Fil A, Dan Cathy, says just. You know, it, Chick-fil-A is good, just in moderation. You know, you, you can't, you can't good, even... Good words to live by. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, eat responsibly is what he always says. Uh-huh. Now I have another dumb question. You mentioned sweet tea. Yeah. We love sweet tea here in our region. Do you have sweet tea all across the country? Absolutely. Every yeah. Every store. Yeah. That's so, so, when, so when you open in New York City, they'll offer the sweet tea as well. Yeah, absolutely. Right. You'd be surprised at the, uh, the amount of people that drink sweet tea in Chick-fil-A, just because it is one of our staple... You know, staple products that we're known for. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm excited when I'm traveling outside of our region that yeah. I'll be able to get sweet tea. Yeah, we're probably g- growing the amount of, you know, the sweet tea that Northerners and Absolutely. people out West drink because of, you know, because of it. So 
Well, you know, are, are there certain things, if, there, if someone is out there listening and thinking about pursuing a franchise, whether it be Chick-fil-A or, or, or a different franchise, are there certain things that uh, you've learned during your experience that uh, you wish you had known before you became a franchisee or, or that you can share any, any warnings or lessons learned that you should uh, you can pass along to them? Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing is what I've learned um, it's not necessarily what I wish I knew before, but what I've learned is you got to be willing to start at the bottom and do whatever. Um, and I think I was came from a I was lucky because I was a manager in a store and I kind of was a corporate manager and then I became a business owner. So you know I was used to you know being told what to do as a manager in a store by the franchise owner. So I I, I, I was to me it was an opportunity. Like the only thing holding me back was myself. So, and if you start up your own business or you're, you know, trying to figure out franchise, you've got to literally be willing to do whatever it takes um, to do that. Um, and if you're not, then, you know, that's where success comes from. Just breaking it down in the most basic form. If I have, I mean, if I have to go um, start a cleaning business, you know, don't expect to hire a bunch of people and you never have to clean. I mean, you're going to be in there cleaning toilets when people don't show up for work, things like that. Right. I mean, you just have to be realistic about what you're willing to do because um, if you're willing to put in the hard work, the opportunities are there, whether it's a franchise or, you know, starting your own business. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing I've learned. So, so it sounds to me like – at least in the terms of Chick-fil-A, and I suspect that's probably good advice for most franchises. It's if, if you're sitting around with a lot of money and you say, I want to buy one of these and, uh, and rake in the bucks, it might not be the way to go. Yeah. You, know, you, you better be able and willing to uh, get your hands dirty in, in all parts of the business because, and, and know your business. Yeah, absolutely. It's not like putting your money in a bank account or CD. Of yeah. It's not making much money. <laughs> you have to hard work to make it work. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, well, James Goey, we very much appreciate you joining us and sharing uh, information about Chick-fil-A and franchises uh, here today on our Entrepreneur Exchange. Um, you know, uh, uh, if people want to find you and find your Chick-fil-A location, where should they be looking? Yeah, absolutely. So we're in uh, Hickory, North Carolina, right off of uh, Interstate 40 and uh, Highway 70. So, um, you know, there's a lot of apps out there. That's the best way to find us. That's right. You can Google us or, or check it out. But if you're in Hickory, we're right across the – You can get there from exit 125 or 126. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So either direction, right, right by all the shopping. So stop by and see us. Now, my only advice is, you know, I think that if you offer people that – they come in and say, we heard about you on the Entrepreneur Exchange. I think you give them a free uh, ice cream cone or something. There we go. We can work with that. Okay. I can do that. Okay. There you go. So, so you get a free dessert if you free. come in and say you heard them on the podcast. All right. That's fantastic. That's fine. We'll do it. Right. Well, I'll we'll... be there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm there every morning anyway. So. Yeah. Well, well, we we appreciate that. We always we always uh, end our show by uh, talking up some of the small businesses that we've run into. And James, you were saying that you there was a small business that uh, had attracted your attention. And why don't you tell us uh, who they are and uh, tell us a little bit about them? Absolutely. So you kind of hit it with the uh, fried chicken and uh, <laughs> eat in moderation. So me and my wife kind of uh, recommitted to uh, hitting um, our health a little better. So we uh, started watching what we're eating. And uh, one of the places we ran into is on 127 um, in, here in Hickory, and it's called Active Edge Nutrition. Um, the owner, Rob, um, him and his wife own the business, and they started it. Um, mm-hmm. Exceptional 
chef. He, I mean, he's just a chef. And so what he, him and his wife did is started a, a, a small business where they cook meals. Um, but they do prepackaged meals, and they also do a hot lunch Monday through Friday. Um, so they prepackaged meals, and they're you know 20 grams of protein, roughly less than 300 calories, um, and it's and it tastes good. That's the amazing part. Like it is a meal that is absolutely delicious. Um, my wife's a very good cook, and she even approves of them. So um, we'll we'll buy you know six or eight meals and eat one of those a day, um, and then eat a salad a day. And it just takes a lot of you know as busy as we are of time and effort. It's just convenient. So, so yeah. we we are blowing the roof off this. You know, we're also determined that that the franchise owner of Chick Fil A cannot survive on Chick Fil A alone. That well, uh, you know, Active Edge Nutrition in Hickory, North Carolina, is also a good alternative. I think that's an yeah. outstanding endorsement. So that's that that's great. Gary, what's your small well, you know, business most of the month? Of my, uh Small businesses of the, the month are centered around the direct opposite of what James just said. <laughs> Gorging yourself food, on bad food? Indian uh-huh. <laughs> and junk food. But that's really good. I'm going to have to try that because we're pretty busy too. So yeah. when I'm not at Chick-fil-A, I'll be trying uh, your endorsement out. So what, so what is your recommendation this business? month? Yeah, Mine is called Sproutle, which is a company that has developed a huggable bear with diabetes. Okay. Which sounds pretty strange, but as the owner, Aaron Horowitz, says, it's no child's play. The bear's name that he's making is called Jerry the Bear, and it's a platform for health and wellness education. Companies leveraging the love children have for stuffed animals and helping them learn more about uh, that disease. The bear has his own insulin pen. He's got a backpack, food cards, just what the doctor ordered for folks with diabetes. The stuffed bear is designed to educate children, like I said, with type 1 diabetes. Kids learn to care for Jerry by monitoring the blood glucose level, giving him insulin, uh, watching his carbohydrates, and then how to eat healthy. It could be in James's store probably uh, after they go through Jerry's uh, teaching. The plush teddy bear has a computer screen on his stomach that displays the information about how he feels. Aaron says children learn through play, so Jerry's the perfect tool. They cost about $300, so most of them are in doctor's offices and hospitals, but the price is coming down pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And they're looking to the future uh, with their next Jerry, who's going to be focused on food allergies and asthma. Well, cool. So, and, and, the, and the name name of the company, if people want to find them, where, what's the I name of the company? I call it Sproutle, S-P-R-O-U-T-E-L. Okay. Well, that's a very creative, uh, interesting product. Yeah. Different than my food junk. Well, you know, if you if you don't watch yourself, you might be needing one of those. Uh, that's exactly right. I think it's why it hit me when I was looking for things. You know, and 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 before I tell you mine, I'm, I'm just going to say, I I uh, I take advantage of the traditional Chick Fil A sandwich, but I also have had their grilled chicken sandwich when I feel like you know I you know, got to be careful a little bit. So I I go both ways, you know. So I'm and enjoy both of them. So anyway, diversification. Anyway. My small business of the month, uh, earlier uh, last month in September of this year, I attended a, a festival in Greenville, South Carolina, Euphoria Festival, which actually is a uh, sort of centered around local foods and whatnot, and uh, ran into a company that is my small business of the month, and they're actually not a food company. They, they do T-shirts and uh, caps and actually posters, but the name of the company is Yalsum. 
and like y'all, like you all, with some on the back. And so I guess it rhymes with awesome, y'allsome, awesome. It sort of rhymes with that. Um, and uh, they were exhibiting at the festival, and they had a shirt that was uh, that uh, had the words Charles Strong, like Charleston, South Carolina, and, and they were actually donating all the funds they did from that shirt to the church where where the horrific attacks had taken place earlier this year. And I, I struck up a conversation with the owner of the company, whose name is Craig Evans, who is actually a creative director primarily in Los Angeles, but he's originally from North Carolina, went to school in Tennessee, and uh, just uh, misses, missed his southern roots and decided he wanted to start a company that uh, would promote southern manufacturers and provide southern products. So he came up with a lot of designs. Uh, uh, he actually had a sweet tea T-shirt on to, to talk about sweet tea. And, uh, and he works with domestic manufacturers in the southeast. Uh, so it's all done locally. Uh, they've actually got offices, I believe, in Nashville, Tennessee now. Uh, but uh, the name of the company is Yalsum, and you can find them at www.yalsum.com. And Yalsum is Y-A-L-L-S-O-M-E.com. And, uh, and interestingly and, and nicely, 15% of all the profits support uh, Southern foster children through a nonprofit called Adoption Discovery located in Atlanta. And you can read about that on their website as well. So had a really nice conversation with him. Uh, actually bought one of his shirts and uh, uh, happy to uh, say he's my small business of the month this month. Sounds so. great. Appreciate that. James, uh, thank you so much for joining us today on our podcast. Absolutely. Thank you. So uh, I hope ever. I think we're about ready for lunch. And, and uh, you sure know, that's right. And we're going to go eat more chicken. <laughs> and uh, we want to thank The Mesh. You can download us at uh, iTunes or visit us at the themesh.tv. Uh, catch up on your entrepreneur exchanges there. Exactly. So thanks very much for listening. And we'll look forward to talking with you again next month. Great show. Take care. Thank you. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.